How, how did you know I was saying stuff then? Because I was like, can you hear me? And you're like, no. Because I could see your mouth moving. And there was no sound coming through here. Okay, part three of the questions of the 30-day film challenge. Uh, last time we were talking about favorite actor. What? Who is your favorite actress? I know you like Margot Robbie. I like Margot Robbie. Yeah, I think she's very good. She's very... She's one to look out for in you know, upcoming movies, I reckon. I think it's a matter of time before she wins an Oscar. I also really like Emma Thompson and Meryl Streep. Also very well known for their performances, and, and yeah. they have a couple of Oscars each. Yeah. Um, I'd really like to watch Mary Queen of Scots, because it's got Saoirse Ronan in it as well, and she's also yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, I heard the movie's a bit mediocre, but I'll still very... Be interested to watch it just for their performances, yeah. And the historical context. Like, I'm not going to it to see a masterpiece. I'm going to it for some other stuff. So, I'll probably like it. Yeah, I'll be going up just for the the characters. Mm. Um, Who else is good at the moment? You generally like Emma Stone. She's not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I find... I think she's got some good stuff. I find Amy Adams to generally be pretty I love Amy Adams. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking. Who's in stuff that I like? Brie Larson's very big at the moment. She's, she's very up, upcoming as well. She won I an don't Oscar know what last all the year, the year before. about with her. Yeah? Well, have you seen some of her more dramatic roles? What no. have you actually seen her in? 21 Jump Street. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and Scott Pilgrim. Was she in, I guess she was. Yeah, she's the love interest there. Um, 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 I'm just trying to think, like, if there's anybody really new that I like. Can I just say, like, and I'm no unbiased here, but what did you think of Lady Gaga as an actress? I think she's good as an actress. She yeah. she was fine in that movie. I hadn't seen her in anything else. I think I don't think she a lot of been in people have else. seen her in other stuff. She was in American oh, Horror Story. Yeah, that's right. Um, I thought she was quite good. But I mean, you can't trust good. my yeah. opinion because I'm fangirling all over the place. So, yeah, I don't think that she's one to really go to in these discussions of best actresses. But yeah, no. But I'm just the question was there. I'm just curious what you thought of her. Yeah. Yep. I quite like Sally Field when she was in her prime. She was always a good actress. You don't know who Sally Field is? Mm-mm. Get out of here. She was the wife in Mrs. Doubtfire. She was Forrest Gump's mom. Oh yeah, she's awesome. She was Lincoln, Lincoln's wife, first lady, wherever oh, she's, that was. She's awesome. I love her. Yeah. 110. Um, yeah. I'm having trouble thinking of... I, I hate that, too. I'm having trouble thinking of women who I really, really like in certain roles. Well, we were sure. talking about Frances McDormand before. I think she's oh, very she's good. she's fantastic. Everything and she, I've again, won her, the amazing. Oscar a year or two ago. Mm. Last year, I think it was. Um, I quite like Natalie Portman, also an Oscar winner. I she's think she's underrated. Good. Yeah, she's been in a lot, and that's probably why. Like, she's been in 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 quite a bit and quite a variety of quality. Oh, actually, we've got a movie of hers coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, that I'm really interested to hear your opinion. We're going to have a long discussion. Um, in the film Leon the Professional. Okay. Yeah, that was one of her first films, and she's actually incredible. In that movie, you can really see 
how this person grew up into being an Oscar-winning performer because she's it's it's got the the essence there. She's very good mm. in that film. Um, and we also spoke about Julian Moore. You, you you like Julianne Moore? I quite like her. There's something about her. Yeah. But my favorite at the moment is probably probably Margot Robbie. Um, I think she's very good at doing ac- accents as well. She thinks she's a great actress. Yeah, she's pretty impressive that way. Um, um, I think the my main fascination with Margot Robbie is the fact that, well, she is Australian, very similar to my age, um, and she grew up in a small town in Queensland, where I'm from as well. Yeah. Um, but I remember seeing her on Neighbours in 2006. Mm-hmm. So Explain what Neighbours I, is for our American listeners. Um, it's kind of like a soap opera that is on every day, for like five, five days a week, and it's been running for about 32 years. Yeah. Um, and there's also similar Home Away, to, and those are the two um, like, similar type of soap operas in Australia. Similar in a way to Coronation Street in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but they love Neighbours in the UK. It's yeah. very big in the UK. Um, pretty much any big Australian actor had some sort of TV spot on either Home and Away or Neighbours. Like you think the of the Hemsworth Brothers. Uh, you think of um, uh, yep. Kylie Minogue. Yep. There was a, there's, there's a bunch, honestly. I'm trying to think who else. Hugh Jackman? I don't think Hugh Jackman. There's a lot of singers and stuff as well that are always on that show. Mm. Anyway, I remember seeing her when she was very young on that show and then I saw her in a few small things. She was on Pan Am. She That's still didn't I get her break. Her. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't until Wolf of Wall Street until the world were like, holy shit, this chick's got some acting chops, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've seen quite a lot of her stuff since then. And it's kind of just like an underdog story where I've seen her grow and develop from this young actress. And I'm just like, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I really felt for her when she got nominated for our Oscar. And I'm just like... You know, it just feels like mm. a little underdog story, and I I, I root for her, I guess, because she just mm. seems like a nice, down to earth Australian chick. Um, so I I honestly think that she'll win an Oscar at some point. Oh, do you know who else I really like? Because she just she's a bit of a chameleon. Is Helena Bonham Carter? Yeah, she's an she's an interesting chick. <laughs> she really is. A... She's a nut, and I love her. I'm thinking like the last thing I saw her in was Ocean's Eight, and I was just like, oh man, there's she in like, that is she? There's, there's some good actresses in, in that, that movie. There's Sandy B. There's um, Sandy B. Sandra Bullock. There's oh, um, what saying? there's uh, Anne Hathaway, Hathaway Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, um, a lot of big Oscar winners. <laughs> yeah. There's that new. Oh, I don't. Rihanna's in that as well, isn't she? Yeah, she is. She's pretty good, actually. Impressively, Um, there's some new up and comings, and then there's some, you know, old classic names. But Mm -hmm. yeah, anything I've seen Helena Bonham Carter, and she's like she she. There's a reason she and Johnny Depp are always cast together because they act the same way. It's because they love Tim Burton. That's like well, they love. I know they love Tim Burton, but like they're both chameleons you know what i mean like they're both i would disagree but that's your opinion you think of a chameleon as someone who's like able to be unrecognizable necessarily like you wouldn't tell that that's them because they're so good at acting these two are able to totally embody whatever character they're playing okay that's what i'm saying yeah i think my best performance like the performance that i love the most from helena bonham carter is still probably fight club 
There's something about mm. Marla Singer in that I don't know what it is. She's she's so carefree. I don't know. I quite like I quite like her character. In I that. really like her in the King's Speech as the Queen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a softer side of her that we don't really see. We usually see her in more eccentric roles. Um, yeah, she's very good at doing those eccentric ones. But this one really proved that she's really very good at just being I feel like she gentle. won the Oscar for that. I wouldn't be surprised. At least she was nominated. Yeah. I think she was at least nominated. Um, what is the most underrated film according to you? You know what? The movie that I actually loved was a small independent film out of Perth, Australia. So it was a small Australian film, and it's called The Last Train to Frio because there's an area, I think it's north of Perth, called Fremantle, and everyone just calls it Frio because mm-hmm. we're Australian. Um, and there's a train that runs from the south side up to the north, and it takes you know the length of a movie. Um, and it's the last train running, and it's a midnight, and it starts with two characters... Basically thugs, right? They're they're kind of hard people. People that you wouldn't want to be on a train alone with mm. at midnight. Um, and it's it's a character piece. And the only people that they these two guys interact with are the passengers that get on. And there's only three or four... I think there's three extra passengers that get on over the course of the movie. And I think it's brilliantly written. Like, people don't like these small, independent character pieces because they're like oh it's all sappy artsy shit and i'll admit this is a bit artsy so this movie only has about five actors in the entire thing and it's only got one setting it's just set in one train car and it's just their dialogue and their interactions it's and like I think a it's bottle written... episode movie pretty much yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a small like independent film and i think the reason why i've seen it i've seen it half a dozen times um the reason why I like it so much is because your first impression on every one of the five characters in this area completely changes by the end and then changes mm-hmm. back and then changes again. Like, it's... the Your first impression on every one of these characters will change. Every single one of them laughs, everyone cries, and every one of them gets angry. I think in order to be able to write like you said, a bottle episode of a movie in mm. such a way that the characters are flipping in in a in an organic sort of way is really quite well written. It's kind of brilliant writing. And the very last scene, the last interaction that you have with each one of these characters is just it's a really it's a very well written scene. It the way your last impression on the characters sticks with you. Mm. Um and with um, with other watches, you'll see the movie differently with successive watches. Like, if that makes any I, sense. I hear what you're saying. Each time you say it, you're going to see it a little differently. Yeah, yeah. I, I quite like it, and I think it's very well written, and it's extremely underrated because I don't think it ever was even released on Blu-ray. This mm. was movies from, like, mid-2000s, like 2006 or something, uh, and it was released on DVD. That's where I saw it. Um, and I've seen it a few times, and I can't find it on Blu-ray because I'd really like to see it. Uh, the Last Train to Frio. I'm trying Definitely to think of, like what indie movies I've seen. Not many. Well, maybe not even indie movies. What about movies that people shit all over, but 
you think they're an okay movie. I think that still classes as an underrated yeah. movie. Yeah. I'm trying to even think of that. I know there are some, I just can't think of any. You like the Pirates of the Caribbean's movies more than most. Yeah. I don't I, I don't like get why everyone I don't get why everybody fine. Okay, you just have my opinion on that is that you just have to pretend that it's a trilogy and nothing else happens after the third one. Well, I think the third one's horseshit. That's my point. Yeah, but the third... I'm not having this conversation with you. Why? Why not? <laughs> because, like, you're always like, it's horseshit, it's horseshit. I'm like, it's not horseshit. It's... I'm just saying, in my opinion, the climactic, your opinion. Cl- Yeah, it's the climactic close to this three-episode saga. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I quite like those movies. Um, I can see why everybody gets a bit up in arms about it because it's like it starts out in realism and then there's like mythology and blah, and I'm like, ah, just go with it. It's fine. Um, they were f- they were filming two and three back to back, which, by the way, is still to this day the highest budget back to back filming of a series before, which is impressive because. The the Avengers three and four, Infinity War and Endgame, they were filmed back to back. That was like mm. four hundred million dollar budget. All of the Hobbit trilogy trilogy was filmed back to back. All of the Lord of the Rings was filmed back to back, and mm. Pirates of the Caribbean two and three still surpass it. That had such a massive budget. Um, That's crazy. They were they were filming the second one before they had even written the third one, and yet they were filming them back to back. So. They were just like chasing their own tail and making shit that up on the spot, nuts. and I, f- I feel like the movies you play feel like out it that shows, way. yeah, yeah. I feel like it shows. I don't particularly like the second one, but I, I like kind of like the second one because it tr- ties into into like old pirate stories and lore about mm. Davy Jones and the the Flying Dutchman. I think that's well done, and mm. I like I like those interpretations. Um, and I quite like the characters of these, these, like these undead sea characters and the CG that's used on them. I, th- I think they're really cool characters. I thought this, the CG was pretty decent too. Yeah, yeah. All things considered, um, yeah. They were definitely fun when I was a kid watching yeah. those movies. I'm like, this is this is a cool series. I'm just trying to think. I definitely feel like there's something, there's something didn't, that I really like that I can't. Didn't you mention something before? You mentioned something before where it's like, I really like this, but no one else does. That's helpful. <laughs> I thought you mentioned it like earlier today. I'm trying I to think. I probably did. I don't know what it was. I don't know. Okay. Well, I think even your favorite film, Tangled, is underrated. I think that one fell well, off in say, most people's minds. I was going to say even Arrival. Like I, I, I know yeah, it was nominated, yeah. but it's just like, how has not everyone seen this movie? It's amazing. What is wrong with Yeah, it? I don't think it got the praise that you it deserved. You know what I mean? I just, I don't want to keep coming back to Arrival as my go-to for all the answers of this. Yeah. Thing. Arrival entangled for everything. Yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. I, I'm trying to remember. It's annoying me now. What was that movie you said? Not a clue. Or, how about this? I'm throwing it out there. Across the Universe. Ooh, I love Across the Universe. Across the Universe is... That's very underrated. Very few people have heard of it. Um, It's from 2007. It's basically a Beatles music video turned into a movie. (laughs) With a storyline. Like, I remember seeing that... I remember seeing trailers for it, and I remember seeing it on 
TV at my auntie's house one time, and I just knew, I was like, I don't know what that's called, but I want to see it, and I eventually found it. There were mm. so many movies when I was younger, I'm like, I want to see that, but I didn't know how to, like, you know, ask my parents, being like, have you seen this? Can you take me to see that? Can you get that? Like, I didn't even know what mm. stuff was called, so I didn't know how to get my hands on it. This is one where I was like, I really wanted to see it, so I made a point. I think I bought it off iTunes. Is how I got yeah. it, and I would watch it. Um, and it's funny because there, are, like, mostly people have never heard of it before, except for my friend Taya, and that's how we bonded and became friends was over our love of across the universe because she said she would watch it every single day after school. In, if like, you like eighth grade, colorful Beatles covers doesn't really have a storyline, but it's there for the music. Um, I'd highly recommend that. I think it's still underrated. I wouldn't say that it doesn't have a storyline. I think it has quite a good storyline in that they I don't think it does. I think think the storyline's only there to tie the music videos together. Yeah. I still really like it. Yeah, I'm not not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's underrated. No. That's a good answer. Across the universe. There was a lot of movies from trailers and things where I'm like, oh, I really want to see that. And then, like... The moment the trailer goes away, I've never heard of the movie again. And that's because the movie was bad. And then you go back and you look back five, ten years, and you're like, whatever happened to that movie? And any movie like that means it's bad. The one that sticks out in my mind for that is Gangster Squad. Oh, is that the one with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone? Yeah. Yeah, apparently that was bad. See, that was a lot of hype for like a week, and then it was gone. (laughs) Yeah, I remember seeing that, because I would go to the movies, and I'd be like, pay attention in the trailers, make a mental note, saying like, I really want to see that, and that was one, and I never heard about it again. Yeah, Yeah. it just disappears. Yeah. I always like coming back and finding movies, though, where it's like, I know all the actors in this. How the hell have I never heard of this movie? Yeah. Um, usually it means it's because it's not good, but I always like finding those because I still enjoy them to an extent. Mm. Um, so the next question is, the most overrated film, according to you? Overrated. See, people, you would you probably think... Fucking Avengers, probably. Avengers. I, I See, haven't seen say, it yet. You what? haven't seen Avengers. Yeah. But... Considering it's at like number twenty six or something on the best movies of all time, no, I'm going to say that that is. Yeah, I'm talking about Endgame. Okay. Or which which Avengers were you talking about? Endgame. Okay, yeah, um, that is at number twenty six on the IMDb as of this recording. I think that is overrated. I think it deserves about forty to fifty. Um, Infinity War is about fifty nine, and I think. I don't know. I feel like Infinity War should be around a hundred, but I liked in Endgame better. I think. Endgame should be between 40 and 50. So, yeah, it makes it, it makes it overrated, but I don't mm. think it's... Maybe Avatar, the first Avatar, which See, was the highest maybe, grossing movie of all time up until Endgame surpassed it. the one that, that I've said I like and nobody else really likes. I quite liked Avatar. I thought it was rated just right. <laughs> I think it was fine. Yeah. I think it was fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just don't... I just don't think it deserved to be the highest-grossing movie of all time for so long. Mm. Uh, it was fine, but I think there's so many elements of that movie that completely straight-up rip off bigger franchises. Such as? Um, such as Star Wars, such as um, the Halo video game series, such as people always made the comparison towards uh, Pocahontas and the storyline there. Um, mm. There's just a lot of themes... 
Um, some of the 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 weapons and machinery models are like directly ripped off uh, other other series and things. When we when we ever watch through it again, I'll mm. make note because um I could do a whole episode on on that. But I think it's fine. I'm not saying it's it's bad. I think it's good. But I just, I think it's overrated. Okay. And when people answer these questions, I think they go to things that like cleaned up at the Oscars or the box office or something, or people wouldn't shut up about them. Yeah. Um, something like Titanic, maybe, that was nominated for 11. It won 11 Oscars, but I don't think that's overrated. I think it's rated just right. I was going to say, yeah, it won the Oscars. It deserved them. Like, I think it I think yeah. it deserves it. Is there anything like that that you can think of? That's maybe overrated. Mad Max Fury Road. You haven't seen that, but no. everyone... Everyone talks about how fantastic that film is, and I'm like, it's okay. They there was literally no script for that film. They had a rough do- bullet points as to where they wanted the, the shots to go. It is purely visuals and practical effects. Yeah, and I completely appreciate that. But the amount of praise, and it won a bunch of Oscars, mostly mm. for practical effects and, and um, costume costuming. designs and stuff. Yeah. yeah, which is fair enough. I'll give you the Oscars for that. But yeah. the amount of praise that Mad Max Fury Road got, I'm like, yeah, okay, calm down. I'm just trying to think. Like, I, I can't oh. think of any answers. I'm sorry. Okay, so. well, we'll, 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 we're nearly finished, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Just trying, like, loosey-goosey. loosey-goosey. No, I know. I'm just like. I thought you were going to make a coffee in that break anyway. All right. Um, and I've also talked about Gladiator and A Beautiful Mind, who won Best Picture two years in a row, mm. uh, 2000, 2001. I don't like those movies. I think they're so overrated. Um, and we'll probably talk about those later as well. I feel like I'm still at that point. Like, So I definitely have a better repertoire of movies to choose from in answering questions like this. At this moment in time, I feel like I haven't seen enough highly acclaimed movies to be yeah. able to answer this question in an educated manner. I keep well, saying I was, that. I'm not was, educated enough to answer this It was this more of a question to make you ask yourself, what is something what people won't shut up about? And then you're like, well, it's okay. But what are you on about? Um, okay. Or Twilight. Twilight. Yeah, I think that was because of the books. I don't think the yeah. movies did that, though. I, I, I never was into the whole Twilight thing. Didn't yeah, read or the even books, Fifty didn't Shades. Watch the movies. Didn't fucking care. Okay, there you go. That's a good answer for that one. The whole thing, books, movies, Twilight. And all. Yeah. Okay. Um, your favorite character from all the films you've seen. Favorite character. Ooh, that's a good question. You know what? Actually, even though this is coming up in a few weeks, Leon from Leon Professional. Because, which I'll explain a whole lot more. Even more than Tyler Durden? Yeah, Tyler Durden's an asshole. He's a cool character, it's a cool concept, but I don't like him as a character. I'll explain more when we talk about Leon Professional, but that character, he's kind of modest and humble, but he's extremely skilled and very good Mm. at what he does. I have a lot of respect for people who strive to be the best at what they do, doesn't matter what you do, right? So this guy's an assassin. Mm. And he's one of the best at what he does. And I just think that's so cool. And he doesn't, he's not flashy. He lives a very humble, small life. He doesn't care about money. But fuck, is he good at what he does? And I just think that's a really, he's a cool character that you can understand. Like he's, he's kind of a weird looking dude too. And, um, 
he's got this 14-year-old girl who's, like, admiring him, but he's not, like, creepy or anything. I feel like that movie could have taken turns. Mm. I don't know. There's something about him being so good at what he does that I really like in that character, Mm. and he's just very modest about it. Sitting here and I'm trying to think. I had some and they skipped my mind. Just give me a second. That's kind of why I like Hank from Breaking Bad as well, because he's very good at what he does. Yeah. He's good at his job. I like that. I was thinking, like, I would only be able to like someone or favor them if I really connected with them. So, like, Ennis Delmar really holds a very special place in my heart right now um Mm -hmm. just because i found his emotions very relatable even though people would most probably like disagree with me there it's like he's a gay man in the 60s when it was legal how do you relate it's like it's on a different level but um i really like his character i'm trying to think of some other ones um a character that i really like is actually forrest gump just because He's got a level of innocence, and he always means well. Yes. Uh, Through everything he does, he's always just trying to be the best him and bring out the best in everyone else around him. Um, And he does sort of fall ass backwards into success, but I think that, I don't know, he's just such a nice character, which is why I think that's such a beloved movie as well, is because of that Forrest Gump character. We were listening back to the... um silence of the lambs episode hannibal lecter is just so fucking interesting to me mm, that's an um, interesting character i i don't know that i'd say he's a favorite character but he's one who i unexpectedly like like unexpectedly fascinates me you know what i mean because he he is so intelligent it's like i want to know what drives you and um just the fact to, to kind of watch the way that he thinks and to try and figure it out, but know that he's always, like, two steps ahead of you, even yeah. when you're doing that. Like, it's just, the whole thing, it's like a spider web of of fascination to me, you know? Yeah, Hannibal Lecter's a good character. Yeah. Good um, pick. And even to to write him, like, it would take a lot of skill to write that character. Yeah. I know there's other ones who... Um, aren't as recent that I could call on. Favorite characters. Mm. Give me I mentioned in the episode on Rain Man that I really like Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman and those roles. Mm. And again, it's not because of the character per se, but it's I really like watching these two great actors interacting with each other and the dialogue that they have with each other is just fascinating and that's why I like that movie so much. Because mm-hmm. it's not like it's it's overly compelling. It's it's watching these two people interact, and it is it is to an extent their character, but I just find that really fascinating. Do you have anything else to say? Or yeah, I'm just trying to think. I like Wally. Yeah, he's a cool character. I'm just trying to think like who's somebody who like like, I really liked or didn't like, you know what I mean? Like, to say someone's a good character, um, Dolores Umbridge, 
More so from the books, but also in the movies, the Harry Potter movies. I hated that bitch. And for for you to play someone so well that I just hate you, you've done your job very, very well. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well. Um, George R. R. Martin said the same thing to the actor who played Prince Joffrey in Game of Thrones because everyone hated that character. And he's like, everyone hates you. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, that's an extra skill to be able to make people actually hate you. Yeah. For playing a character on and screen. That's and happened that's happened cool. quite a few times for me with different roles where it's just like, I fucking hate that bitch or I hate that asshole. Yeah. Um, oh, I had one on the tip of my tongue. I'm trying to think of what it was. One that just really pissed me off. I see. I don't remember. Mm, don't know. I, fe- I just feel like... I'm just drawing a blank with every question. Okay. So I will elect I is a good answer. It. Yeah, but I feel like there's somebody else because I'm like, I know that there's someone who I'm referring to specifically when I, I'm like, I hate that person. Well, it, the, the question was for your favorite character of all time. Yeah, I know. So, But I'm he's not, gonna... I don't know that he's my favorite favorite. Who? I also like, um, um... Oh my god, it's a terrible name. What's her character in uh, Three Billboards? Oh, I don't know. Frances McDormand's like, chick? Yeah, it's like Myrtle or Mabel know, or yeah. something terrible. So you like the character from, from that because she's yeah. just like a badass? She's a badass fucking bitch. Love her. Yeah, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Yep. That was a good movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Um... The best cinematography, in your opinion, we could probably keep this one short. Um, I think we've spoken about this before. We really like The Revenant yes. and the cinematography behind that. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think. It's Emmanuel Lebetsky, I believe it is, is the cinematographer. He won Best Cinematographer three years in a row for three different films. Wow. And no one's ever done that before. And it was for Birdman, The Revenant, and Gravity. Um, so that's my answer. Emmanuel Lebetsky for the... Revenant mostly, because I, I love the shots in that. Arrival, I quite like, because there's a lot of, like, wide shots taken yeah. in, like, just a lot. Um, again, Silence of the Lambs focused a lot on detail. Um, yeah, that was interesting, because every yeah. interaction between characters, it was the character looking directly at the micro- uh, the camera. Yeah, and then... Which was done purposefully. In- then taking in, like, setting details, there was, like, the moth landing on the spool of of thread yeah. or, like, the the bugs within the terrarium and stuff like that. So there Ooh, was a lot here's of... Ooh, here's one. Hmm. What about David Fincher? Because we were talking... We had a long discussion Ooh-hoo-hoo. with yes. uh, his film Seven. Obviously, mm-hmm. he has a lot of traits in, in a lot of other movies. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know what else I actually really liked was uh, Kill Bill. I was going to mention Tarantino. Some of the things yeah. that he focuses on in his shots, um, I actually do like it. It it's He makes such boring scenes kind of really interesting, the way that he uses his shots. And, like, we've talked extensively during the Pulp Fiction episode about what Pulp Fiction is. Kill Bill was good. Is. Um, I liked Kill Bill better than Pulp Fiction because it mimics the style of like a corny Japanese action movie. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? But in a... Which is the point, yeah. Yeah, and I quite liked that. I like it better than Pulp Fiction because... Again, probably on first watch, I was like, I don't know, what the... F- what, eh. I'm just thinking back to those movies now. Some of the shots in those are actually incredible. The way in that they Tarantino's? were able to do this. Uh, and Kill Bill in particular. Mm. Yeah. I really well, liked you know Kill has, Bill. Yeah, I, I said it, I did too. I feel like a lot of people sort of missed it, but you have to understand what Tarantino's going for to go watch it, watch Kill Bill. He's another um, one where you either love him or hate him. Or love him or just don't get him. We didn't mention Christopher Nolan films. I fucking love oh his cinematography. God. Yeah, he's in amazing. The Inception, in yeah. particular, is probably one of his better ones. I mean, he's got his whole like portfolio is great for cinematography, but I think Inception is is up the top there. Well, just because he's able to manifest, literally Emotions. manifest dreams, right? Yeah. So. The fact that, I mean, some of it's CG, but, like, you have to choose your shots appropriately to be able to make that CG as impressive as it needs to be. You know what I mean? So, no, I'd agree with that, too. Inception was very good. Very, very Next question? Good. Yep. The film that has the best soundtrack or score? Ooh. What's that I mean, composer? I th- who uh, does everything? No, uh, John like, Williams. Yes, is he? Did, did he do Harry Potter? Yes. Yeah. Harry, Harry Potter. Star. You know, he Wars. never won an Oscar for Harry Potter. That's impressive. I th- I think that he should have. Yeah. For at least the I think he was nominated for the third one. Um, speaking of John Williams, I was going to say before you mentioned him, I think the single best movie score in history is Empire Strikes Back. Because you've got the main Star Wars theme, and then you've got, obviously, uh, D- Darth Vader's theme mm. in there. And then running throughout the entire movie, you've got some variation of the Star Wars theme. Like, it's it's a brilliant masterpiece of a film score. You know what else has really good soundtracks? You always talked about Guardians of the Galaxy. and Oh, for music. Yeah, so that's not a score. That's just the okay. use of the mu- music. Well, let's talk about soundtracks for a quick second. I really yes. liked Ready Player One. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, also, great soundtrack. I didn't realize until we watched it for this. Uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. It pulls yeah. a lot of great music out of a certain decades to really, elicit a feeling. Because what it's doing is it's giving you a snapshot of each of those decades. So it has to pull iconic fashions, iconic yeah. music. You know, it's pulling all of those things that are like, what embodies the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. There's actually, uh, and I hate to keep coming back to Tarantino, but the use of his music in his movies, it's very particular, the way he grabs it. He usually grabs movies, music from uh, previous decades that used to be big or weren't very big and then revives them, like revamps them a bit. Um, and I'm thinking of Reservoir Dogs, even the first one had say, some really cool songs from like the 70s in there. He totally wrecked that one song for me. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the ear cutting off scene. Yes. Yeah. Um, Damn you, Quentin. So best soundtrack, I'm thinking something like, what did you say before I said Forrest Gump? Um, I said Guardians of the Galaxy and, right, yeah. and Ready Player One. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. So for soundtrack, I would probably go with Guardians has a great soundtrack, actually. Mm. I don't know. Score, I'll go definitely go with Empire, but I don't know about soundtrack. Score, like I'm good. a few that I'm missing. Score, I'm going to go with Harry Potter. Okay, yeah, good yep. pick. Yep. It's got such a unique, magical feel to it. Like, exactly. To be able to make that, it's, it's quite an achievement. Um, a film that was far better than you expected, which you can probably pull on from your experience just going through the list on this podcast. Silence of the Lambs was... Silence of the Lambs. Was, well, and that's because I... Um... I was expecting it to be a horror movie, and it was not that at all. So it it went from me being afraid of it to me being very interested. So that was a really nice turnaround for me. Made it better than I expected. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by the new Lion King. Okay. Um, I thought it was going to be a bit of a steaming turd, but it wasn't. Um just trying to think. What Mine else was, was probably Seven Samurai from Akira Kurosawa mm. because that's a that's a foreign language Japanese film that's in black and white from the 50s set in like 1586. And I'm like, yeah. this sounds interesting. This isn't going to be good. And I quite liked it. It's, it's yeah. only a three hour long movie as well. Um, and that's surprisingly how good I, enjo- I enjoyed Seven Samurai. I really would recommend that to anybody. It was, yeah. like, especially, like, that's something I would recommend to my grandparents to be like, if you don't mind reading the subtitles, stick it on on a Sunday afternoon. I bet you, you'd really like it. Oh, you, you know? know one that really surprised me was the original Planet of the Apes from 1968, which, uh, at the time of this recording, is about to come out at the end of the week. Um, but I was surprised how much I enjoyed that, because that's a science fiction movie about these... These astronauts that go to like this alien planet that's overrun by these these apes. Um, it's built in the it it's made in the sixties based on a novel, mm. uh, like a French novel. It just doesn't doesn't have the recipe there for being a great thing. But um, I really surprisingly liked it, and I've seen it quite a few mm. times. Yeah. Is there anything that you can think of where it's like that can't be good, and then you watch it and it's it's really good. Fight Club? I was very surprised about Fight Club. I didn't know what Fight Club was. So I thought it was going to be a, a shitty boxing movie. I I didn't I thought it was going to be a boxing movie. I didn't know about shitty or otherwise. Um I feel like I don't have those cuz if I think oh that can't be good, I just don't go watch them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not What about one ones that I've made to- you watch? And you're like, oh, we have to watch this. And then you watch it and you're like, oh, that's not bad. It's not bad. I feel like that happened the other day. What was that? With, like, Captain America or something? Or? Well, yeah, we kind of talked about that. I thought Captain America was going to be something different than it was, but... Um, yeah, okay. No, I feel like... I feel like The Revenant. I feel like... I remember... Remember, I really didn't want to watch The Revenant, and then I watched it, and I was like... Oh, yeah, That okay. wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. Yep. Um, Actually, you know one for me that I thought was far better than I expected was the first Harry Potter. My sister was reading the books a lot, and she she read the first one, and then my dad took us to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly for her benefit, but it was a kid's movie, you know, it's kind of fantastical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched it, and I'm like, oh my god, I had no idea what this is about. I love this. Yeah. And I walked out of there being like, I, 
I gotta like read these books. This is a is a great movie. Um, and I was pretty young at the time. Like we were just kids going to see Harry Potter, but I was pleasantly surprised, and it was definitely not what I thought it was. That was my first experience to anything Harry Potter. I thought you didn't read the books until you were like in your twenties. Uh, no, I read them in in primary school. I reread them later. Oh, okay. I didn't realize um, that. Actually, I don't think I read six and seven until I was in my twenties. Mm. But I had definitely had read the first four or so when I was in primary school. I know. Pleasantly surprised. Yes. Uh, your favorite classic film? Why well, I've already played. Um, I've already mentioned that I like uh, original Planet of the Apes. I'm quite. Uh, I, I don't know classic films. What just I would say classic is anything before 1975. Yeah. I think The Wizard of Oz is pretty good. I wouldn't say it's one yeah. of my favorite classic films, but it's worth mentioning in a discussion. Yeah. It's an honorable mention. Um, we've got quite a few coming up at the moment um, that are going to be older. I haven't seen things like Citizen Kane. No, neither have I. And I feel like those people would be screaming and being like, why didn't you mention those? I haven't seen it. Don't have an opinion. Classic movies. Lonesome Dove's not that old. What is? I said Lonesome Dove isn't that old. I haven't heard of that one. Is that some shitty, like, It's a cowboy? Yeah, it sounds, yeah. Like a, sounds like a western. Not shitty, though. Certainly don't no? say that around from my like, grandpa. Uh, I think it's yeah, from the is 90s. it like from the 80s or something? Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Gone with the Wind or Casablanca. Oh, I quite like Psycho. Oh, Psycho reminds me of Rear Window because it's Alfred Hitchcock. So I liked Rear Window better than I liked Psycho. So um, I'll probably say that It's a Wonderful Life, which comes out uh, in a week or so. I quite liked that, surprisingly. I quite liked that. I didn't um, like Gone with the Wind. Well, I didn't mind Gone with the Wind. The whole you know second what I haven't seen is Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur is apparently like this massive epic that was incredible. It is tied with Titanic for being having the most number of Oscars won at 11. Hmm. Um, also tied with Return of the King. So that is meant to be like amazing. So is like Lawrence of Arabia I've never seen. Mm. Um, I feel like those should be in the discussion, but I, I haven't seen them. I, that's why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> mm. I guess uh, if we're like, well, Seven Samurai is not really a classic movie because when we say classic, we mean classic American is what we actually mean. Well, it can be whatever. Yeah, I, classic. I would say classic. I would say means from the golden age of cinema, whatever that means. Well, I really liked Seven Samurai. Yep. Anything from Hitchcock? I'm actually looking at the list now. I'm thinking like I loved North by Northwest. That was a great film. Surprisingly funny. Um, Annie Hall, which is from 79, but I really quite like that. That was very funny. There's Woody, uh, Woody Allen. Um, I guess the Godfather movies even have grown on me. I like, quite like those. My face yeah. looks distorted in that camera. It's because of the shadow and the light. Yeah. So, uh, any of those. Take a yep. pick. Yep. Monty Python, Holy Grail, maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's a classic film, though. Well, it is. I guess it is in its own in its own field. Um, I feel like any of I've those. seen more TV shows and stuff from back then than I have movies. A film that changed your opinion on something. Ooh, I feel like I should have some good ones for this. I'm going to say Fight Club off the top of my head. And I would recommend listening to the episode on that because the way to listen to how that actually changed my perspective on things. But um, 
that made me appreciate life more, I guess, mm. because of the way that he, Tyler Durden's mentality in that, um, talking about how, how you should really appreciate life and take it with, like, enjoy every moment of it, I guess, and make most of everything is essentially the, the mentality that he's enhancing there. And I, I really quite took a lot out of that. And I think that, that changed my mind about, Every time I watch it, even today, even though I know what's going to happen, it still makes me think about my life and reassess it in this moment. Okay, how am I living it? Am I living it to the best of my ability? Um, am I enjoying it? Am I making most of it? Uh, yeah, so Fight Club is the my first pick. What do you think? I feel like there's something I've seen that like opened my eyes either about like drug use or the gay community or something, but I'm not sure what it was. Mm. You know, like I feel like there is something I saw that had those kind of themes in it. Like I feel like Bre- Breaking Bad is one of those things, but it's not a movie. You know? Yeah, like that it- was a very good depiction of drug use yeah. and like post-traumatic trauma. Fuck me. Post-traumatic trauma. Yeah. Um. See, again, I wouldn't think that it changed my opinion on anything, but um, Schindler's List, I think, is a very good depiction on it, what actually happened in it that. Broadens it broadens your educated perspective. educated me more. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't th- say it changed my opinion on anything. Um, apparently, Rome is very good. Alfonso Cuaron, um, and we'll get around to watching that. But apparently, that's got some big messages in there that might making you question things. Uh, yeah, I feel like we should have good answers for this, but we don't. Well, again, like I feel like I keep reverting back to the same movies, but it's because they had an effect on me. Like, yeah, um, yeah, I keep doing that as well. Bradley Cooper's new adaptation of A Star Is Born, um, really. It looked at a lot of complexities of human nature and the human condition. So it looked at, like, what can addiction do to a person and their relationships and their personality and their identity and, you know, the way they feel about themselves and how can having a relationship with somebody change you and how can, even in the face of that and that change, how can you still stick to who you are, you know, the bad parts of who you are that you don't necessarily want and stuff like that. So that movie, like I said, it brought up a lot of stuff for me. Um, And also, surprisingly, like, I think Walk the Line brought up a lot of those same themes for me. Okay. You know what I mean? In terms of, like, what can drugs do to you and why like why do celebrities resort to the things they do like why did Janis Joplin use heroin why did Elvis use you know uppers and sleeping pills why did Mm. Johnny Cash use um opiates and smoke weed you know what I mean like why do celebrities do the things they do these biopics kind of give you an inside look at their life and make it a little bit more understandable. That's an interesting perspective to take out of there, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, one that I came to mind is that stupid Seth Rogen movie with James Franco, The Interview. You remember oh, watching that? With, with... I don't think we even <laughs> finished it. Uh, we might have, we might have. Basically, these uh, reporters have to go to North Korea, um... 
to interview Kim Jong-un, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a dumb Seth Rogen, James Franco movie, as you would expect from a stoner comedy. But what I do give the movie praise for is its depiction on brainwashing and propaganda. Because I think that that's actually depicted really quite well in there. That James Franco's character is this dumb idiot who just goes in there and he's just falling for all these things. And he's best friends with Kim Jong. And he's seeing the world as it is shown to him. Um, And then through the movie... He realizes that it's a lie, and he goes back and realizes they're not that real oranges. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I think that the depiction of how propaganda works um, can is depicted quite well in there. It's one of the only redeeming factors of it. It's got yeah. some funny bits, but um, I think that was again one of those didn't change my mind like... on anything. But I just think it's a it's an interesting depiction if you're trying to understand yeah. propaganda. I guess. I feel like that was one of those ones where I was like, well, that's two hours of my life. I'll never get back. <laughs> you know I what think I mean? there's worse ones. No, it's there like are. It's, a, it's um, not like it's an Adam Sandler movie or a Will Ferrell or something. Yeah. Yeah. Change your mind. Um, what do you think of the Truman Show? Did that change? I don't know. I, Again, that's sort of about brain control and propaganda and I was going to say, I didn't like stuff. The Truman Show as much as other people do because I don't like the dramatic irony thing. I don't like being in the know when the character's not in the know. It bugs me. Yeah, okay. And that's that's a me thing. That is 100% a me thing. It makes me uncomfortable. It's an anxiety thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. See, I haven't seen things like... I haven't seen Dead Poets Society. Um, I feel like that should have some messages in there. It's meant to like be telling you stuff. and I, I don't know. Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is very good for that. Um, basically, Jim Carrey's character is trying to remove memories. Maybe 500 Days of Summer. I'm trying to think. People always say, you know, I liked 500 Days of Summer because it's refreshing and he doesn't get the girl. I thought she was a real fucking bitch. I didn't like I 500 Days of I Summer. I haven't really seen it. Oh, you know what's a good movie is The Kings of Summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Maya actually showed me that one, and basically these kids, these, these, like, they're like, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, these boys go out into the forest through the summer, and they build a house in the woods out of anything they can find, and they, like, I don't know, it's a, it's like a coming-of-age story where they build this house, and then there's, like, they argue with each other, and they have to find their own food, and then they're, I think they eventually run away from home and go live there, and they have to find their own food and stuff, um... And just watching these kids with the whole world in front of them going out into the woods and building their own house out of whatever. It's kinda like it's kinda like a cubby house or something. Mm. But it's it's big. Um that's inspiring and it makes you feel like you want to be, you know, fourteen again. Uh the Kings Kings of Summer is what it's called. And I think that's a that's a really cool depiction of that. I can't really talk very well at the moment. <laughs> I can't find the words. Okay, there's one left, okay? Yep. The film that has impacted you the most. I feel like we're just retreading things here. Like, we're talking we about are. things that inspired us, what's our favorite films, things that we thought were overrated or, or changed our opinion on things. We're they definitely going to be retreading over the same movies here. They do, um, they do touch on different things. Like, you could have a favorite movie. Um, that you would really have to have a you. large... 
um, catalog of movies in your mind to, to be able to pull from. Yeah. Um, to be able to not to retread, yeah. I think impacted Schindler's me the most. List really impacted me. I'm still going to go back to Titanic or Fight Club because yeah. I felt like they were both inspiring for def- different reasons. Schindler's List, for me, there were things like... I think I've talked to you about this before um, on the uh, Life is Beautiful episode. Um, But I feel like the more I learn about the Holocaust, the more and more I realize, like, it just keeps becoming more and more horrific. Um, Yeah. And Schindler's List was a very accurate depiction of what happened. Um, And even though I went into it thinking I knew quite a bit about like, what had happened in the ins and outs of it and everything. I came out of that with, like, even a more, like, more open eyes about just how horrific it was. You know what I mean? Like, it incorporated a lot that I was like, well, fuck, I thought I knew, but apparently I didn't know anything, you know? So that, Mm. for me, was very impactful. A big one for me, actually, was uh, Into the Wild. Have you ever seen Mm -hmm. that? I've got no. it on DVD. It's from 2007. It's a true story about... Um, his name was McCandless, I think it was. Uh, this boy... This this guy... Um, he was going off to college, I believe it was. And his parents gave him a bunch of money. And he had a car. And he was, he was moved out and he left. Um, and then his parents basically end up finding his car on the side of the road with the money, everything he had in there, just abandoned. And they're like, "What? where the fuck did he go? Mm. Basically, this guy was like, I don't want to be part of normal society. I want to go live in the moment with several people and travel and see the world. I don't want to have a mortgage and pay taxes. I don't want to be a slave to the system, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's the story about him traveling across America over a few years. He's got him and his backpack, and he just stays wherever he ends up and hangs out with um, whoever he meets and stays places for as long as he wants, and then he moves on again, and he eats like lives off the land, basically. And I, I thought that was very inspiring when I watched it when it came out. Um, mm. I'm like, you know what? I want to make the most of my life as well. I don't want to be stuck living a, at a dead-end job in a cubicle somewhere with a mortgage and, and having to pay taxes and, and being a slave to the patriarchy or whatever, you know? So I I was very inspired by that movie and his story, um, and I thought, how much of a cool life would that be if mm. you could be just like a vagabond just traveling around and stuff? Um, so I booked a trip to the U.S., to go do that. Uh, and I had a lot more money up my sleeve because obviously I needed food to live. Mm. Um, but the thing is, about traveling to the US, they don't let you in the country unless you have a way to get out. If you have somewhere to stay, you need you need a plan. You yeah. can't just go traveling around like this guy in the movie did. So I'm like, okay, maybe I should just book a plan. Um, so I, I booked a return flight, but I didn't have anything booked for a few weeks there. Mm. So I could just walk around and travel around and it didn't work out the way that I hoped it would. But I really enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I did see quite a bit of the US on my own. I traveled to the US on my own when I was 21. And I went there 
for six weeks or so and, and traveled around. I went to Burning Man um, and saw quite a bit. But that movie was very heavily inspired me. And I think... I hope that I'm not like considered like a, a sellout or something because I went back to university. I got a couple of degrees. I, I'm trying to get a good job and I'll probably end up with a mortgage. And But I think I'm doing it on my own terms. Yeah, and that's the and point. It, that's the movie made me think about where is my life heading? What am I actually wanting to get out of it? And why am I making these as my goals? Yeah. Um, and that was actually really quite impactful for me now that I think about it. And I'd like to watch it with you because I really wanted to embrace what this character was seeing in his life. Like, is it... Are you making these decisions because that's what you're supposed to do, or is that because what you actually want to do? I think that was the difference, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I felt like I was being pushed in one direction, and I'm like, no, I want to make my own decisions. Yeah. Um, So the decisions that I make, and I'd still like to embrace some of that mentality in going forward in my life, but with a bedrock of having a good education and a job and a house and things to come back to. Uh, So... I think I'd, I'd still like to incorporate some of that, particularly in trips. Um, we can just take take some time off and go do some stuff, but always come back to reality because yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially if you do it in the right way. Like, oh, where are we going this weekend? I don't know. Let's go find out. And then we come back. I always love doing yeah. that. I always just like yeah. going on road trips and you end up in a small town somewhere and you end up... Ah, man. Some of the stories that people like that, uh, even myself, I have some pretty cool stories of just like... Hey, do you want to go to the other side of the country for the weekend or something? And you just yeah. you just go and you have these my, incredible memories. Some of the best memories are the ones where you don't plan. My dad uh, has this one where here we go. He was in he was in high school still because he went to a boarding school in Edmonton, um, and they looked at each other at about seven o'clock at night one day, and they're like, "You want to go skiing?" Yeah, okay. So they hopped in the car and drove to Jasper, which was, like, I think five hours from there. Mm, Um, That's still decent. Yeah, rocked up, went skiing the next day, and then came home. Yeah. Like, all within, like, 48 hours, just because. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing a piece of that story, but it was a lot (laughs) funnier when he told it. I would still like to incorporate those sort of mentalities going forward, but yeah. Yeah. Not too far one way or, or the other, but finding a nice balance, I think, is, is the key. Mm. Do you have anything yeah. other to say? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, that's been our 30-day film tra- challenge, yeah. Cool. Hope we answered some of your questions, and you probably get to understand us as people a little bit better, and that's probably the, the point of these, these bonus episodes, is to understand Daniel and I as film watchers and as people. Yep. Cool. What makes us tick. Thanks again. Bye. Fuck, I, 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 need, I need a cup of tea. <laughs> Can I just say something? Yo. You're rambling quite a bit. I'm sorry. It's that okay. actually hurt me. I'm just sorry. Because I'm, I know I shouldn't be rambling on a podcast. That's my point. I'm Damn just... it. I really was trying not to. Okay, because there's times where it's like, oh, you're still talking and you're not really talking about anything. Um, That's my life with you all the time. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just letting you know.